Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, reading out of the New King James. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Everyone say ignorant. Do not want you to be ignorant. The New American Standard reads it this way. Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Everyone say unaware. Do not want you to be unaware. And then uh, the Passion Translation reads it this way. My fellow believers. So we're talking to believers, right? It's not just the lost that are unaware. There's a lot of believers that are unaware. Just because we come into the kingdom doesn't mean that we have fully recognized or come to know or attain the knowledge necessary to walk out this kingdom life. He says, my fellow believers, I don't want you to be confused. Everyone say confused about spiritual realities. We said this last week that ignorance, confusion, and a lack of awareness are the devil's playing field. Ignorance, confusion, and lack of awareness are the devil's playing field. What's that mean? That means he reigns in what we do not know. Bible tells us that my people perish for a lack of, not lack of anointing, not lack of power, not lack of supernatural, not lack of gifts, not lack of preachers, not lack of church attendance. He says, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, this, this capacity to, to know, recognize, see, understand, become aware of what God is doing. Not just in the natural realm, but I believe that God is calling his church to become aware of things that are happening in realms before we ever see it in this realm. I said before, that doesn't mean that he's not moving, that means that we're not aware he's moving. There's an awareness that needs to, that we have to key in on in these last days. And a church that only responds to the natural elements, I believe, is going to be behind. I believe is going to be lacking and lagging behind. The word of the Lord came to our church, um, I don't know, probably a couple months ago now, uh, right here in one of these midweek services. And he was talking to us about our spiritual response time. Responding to the spirit. Well, that means we can't wait till it shows up in the natural. We can't wait till we see blind eyes open to believe that God is a healer and is doing mighty works and miracles. We can't wait until uh, we see things stirring in this natural realm. We've got to be aware of what God is doing in an area, in a realm, um, in, in a, 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 a tangible place that is intangible to the natural until we bring it in. See, the, 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 the things, the spiritual realities that we're talking about, they're not to stay in the spiritual realm. But they have to be brought into this realm. So we've got to learn some things and discover some things and become spiritually sensitive to some things. I'm not meaning sensitive like touchy. I mean sensitive as in we can see it in, in, in its smallest form, in a seed state. 
down. I don't need this thing to start breaking through the ground and start showing some green on this side of the world that I, we can recognize there's a seed been planted and we got to recognize it in its smallest form and grab a hold of that and then bring that thing in. He says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be confused. And I don't want to be, I don't want you to be unaware to the spiritual realities of the kingdom of God. The Bible says in another uh, location that the things in the invisible realm are actually more real than what we see in this realm. The word it uses in that passage is the things in this realm are temporary. That's an interesting usage of word because the word temporary actually in that uh, uh, location means this, subject to change. I love that. Sickness is subject to change. Demonic stronghold is subject to change. Broken marriages are subject to change. I'm, come on now. We got to see a change, a transformation take place, but we won't see the transformation of the kingdom until we make the transaction of the kingdom. Until I grab a hold of it there, and I bring it down to here. And so this is where the, the thinking of, of it's God that's making things transactional between heaven and earth. That, that's got to be broken off. We're just waiting on a move of God. Oh, God, when are you going to do it? Oh, God, when are you going to heal? Oh, God, when are you going to... No, this puts us in a capacity to say we got to grab hold of what's in an invisible realm and we've got to bring that thing to a visible realm. we got to grab a hold of what is in the heavens and we've got to make the transaction to bring it here into the earth. Matthew 16, whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever is loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Your kingdom Come and your will be done on earth as it is. That's a transaction. That's something there needs to be happening here. The realities of heaven. What if, what if the church of the living God lived with a greater reality of heaven than we do of where we're at today? Now, what would that look like? What would that look like? So, to flesh this out, we read the word of God and we see how dynamic he is, how powerful he is. I don't believe anybody uh, that, that, that comes into the kingdom or, 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 or is a believer, has, has followed the Lord for any period of time, would deny the power of who God is. Deny that he's a king of kings. He's a Lord of lords. We can't deny what we read in scripture. We can't deny the miracles. I mean, you're talking crazy stuff. Red seas parting. Water coming out of rocks. A man uh, uh, consumed with leprosy, uh, uh, ducking himself in water seven times, comes up completely clean. Dead people raised. Storms stopped. Jails broken open. Come on, I could go on and on. Walking on Water, miracles, signs, and wonders. And, and, and these things were what we would call supernatural realities. 
So let's say we have someone come in here and they're completely blind. Did Jesus heal blind people? Did he say, these works that I've done, you will do. And then what else did he say? And even, so we call the person down. We know what God's capable of. He's done far greater things than that. We know what his capacity is. We do not deny the power. We pray for a person to receive their sight. They don't receive it. And the enemy shows up. The enemy always shows up, and the first thing he does is he questions the word. It's what he did in Genesis chapter 3. It's what he's been doing ever since. Questions. What's the question that we're all asking if we pray for this person to receive their sight and they don't? Is it God's will? It's a, it's a why question. Why didn't they get it? So then we start this journey of this why. We start this journey of this questioning. We start this journey of going back here because we want to solve it, right? We want to solve it like a math problem. We want to we, we we solve, okay, you know, I, I didn't get the right answer, so there must be something in my formula that went wrong. And then we have to explain and we have to bring a convincing argument as to either why they didn't, what else needed to take place, or maybe God's not doing that anymore. We either have to resort to he won't or he can't. He could, but he wouldn't. He would if he could. And so we start on these, these, this analytical, but, but why, let's just ask the question, why do we have to convince ourselves? Why do we have to convince ourselves, come up with some kind of convincing argument with an answer and a solution, rather than just going back to the word and saying, no? This is what you have done. This is what your word says can be done. You've done it before. But most of us don't allow ourselves to get there. And the reason being is because we have more of an awareness of the natural than the supernatural. You don't have to be convinced of the supernatural when you live with an awareness of the supernatural. But when we live with such a constant awareness 
of our natural limitations, natural capacities, and what we cannot stretch beyond, natural uh, inclinations, natural responses, natural habits, the, the natural limitations of being in a fallen world, of living in a world where sickness and disease have, have crept now into this world by man's voluntary transgression. We know why these things are here, but now we're asking why can't they be shifted? Why can't they be moved just as they were in the word of God? God, I know that you're far able I know that you're well able I know of your capacity and now we're trying to reconcile his capacity with this capacity can those see we 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 have this we have a God that was amazing in the past And a God that has a promise of an amazing, incredible future. But for whatever reason, in this present period of time that I'm existing, he's not as powerful as his past and as his future. Think about that now. We don't deny what he once did, and we don't deny what he's going to do. Come on, most, most, most Christians only hope that they live with all day long is the fact that one day he'll do it. One day he's coming through the cloud. One day he's going to redeem our bodies. One day we, we believe in walking on streets of gold, but we can't fathom that he would open blind eyes today. You see what I'm saying? So there's got to be a reconciling of realms a reconciling of realities. There's got to be a recognition. It cannot operate with this confusion, cannot operate with an aware, uh, lack of awareness, cannot operate with an ignorance of the spiritual realities. And I believe that the, the, the coming days and the revival and the move of God and the things that we're going to see is going to be because we become more aware of the spiritual than the natural. I'm more aware of healing than I am of sickness and disease. Even though it's tormenting, even though it's all around us, even though it continues to visit, even though it continues to come, I continue to be more aware of the healing power of God. We cannot continue to wander around aimlessly waiting for God to shoot down heaven and shoot down prosperity and shoot down love and, and, and be the one that is the instigator. He has completed the work. Now it's up to you and I to grab a hold of the completed work and shift it into this realm. This is heavy-hitting stuff. This is game-changing stuff. This isn't just read your Bible and pray every day and you will grow, grow, grow. This is dialing in on what God is doing in another realm and seeing his kingdom come. Seeing heaven on earth as Jesus did. I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. Jesus did not come here to be an example of what he could do. Jesus came here to show us what we could do. If you really want to be honest about it, Jesus hasn't left the earth. The body of Christ is still remaining in the earth today. Somebody told me it this way. If you, got a body, if you were living stranded on an island, didn't have any contact with any other physical being, and one day a Bible floats up out of the water and you grab that Bible and you read it. 
you dive into it. Whether you read it as a story, whether you read it as a history book, whether you read it, read it as, a, as a theologian trying to break it down. He said the only conclusion you could come to without any other influence trying to sway you one way or the other, the only conclusion that you can come to is that what was happening in here can still happen today. The ceasing or the cessation of things that we read about here is, is a lazy, legalistic mindset that God would write about what's possible without continuing to demonstrate what's possible in the earth today. And if you really read this book, it ought to charge you with such a great conviction and responsibility, even maybe an obligation to make a demand on these things that are here and demonstrate them in the earth today and continue to see him move. Continue to, I mean, if you gather anything from this book, it ought to be this. He's not done yet. You gather anything from the book, we're in the middle of that story. We're not at the end of it. We're not on the outside looking in. We're not bystanders in the, in, the, in, the, in the stands or even on the sidelines. We are in the game, on the playing field, and he's expecting us to continue to perform, do, obey, and, and, and reflect the kingdom as it is in heaven here on this earth. That'd be the only conclusion I could come to. As another pastor friend told me, he said, it, it, it only takes a good theologian to mess all that up. Not that theologians are bad, not that study of the word is wrong, not that, not that exercising our ability to grow in understanding. But the problem is, is we're learning is the mind of man will always get in the way of God. Because this analyzing and this knowledge, uh, 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 this, this inability to reconcile heaven and earth, this inability to reconcile what he's done, what he's going to do with what's happening now, that this inability for our natural minds, the Bible tells us you'll never comprehend it. You'll never wrap your mind around what God is trying to do in the earth. This is why we have to disconnect from the natural and we're going to have to really get engaged with the supernatural. And this is why we're going to make a focus this year and here in, in 2022 as the Lord has led me to lead this church that we're marching into this element of the supernatural. That it's time that we stop leaving this stuff on the side for the really deep people or for the Pentecostals or, 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 for, or for this group or for that group or, or, or well, that's, the, that, that's for this prophetic sect. No, it is time to understand the supernatural in all of its elements. In the signs, the wonders, in the way God speaks, in the way God moves, in, in, in understanding that in everything we see in the natural, there's a supernatural element to it, both good and evil. Because our, our only hope beyond that is just sin management. I believe that God wants us to live beyond sin management, just trying to be a good person. Just trying to do the best we can with what we have. I, I truly believe that the life of the believer ought to be the most awesome thing you could ever do in your life. That on a daily basis, you, you, we ought to be able to see God move. See God work. Is this okay? Y'all doing all right? So in Ephesians chapter 1, 
ignorance, confusion, lack of awareness. We started to look at these verses last week. Man, I, I feel this so heavy, and I know that I'm just asking you to journey with us. That's all. This train will stop at multiple stations. You'll have an opportunity to get off whenever you feel uncomfortable or it's taking you somewhere you don't want to go. But <laughs> I promise you, if you ride this thing out, we'll, we'll see some amazing things. I'm going to read this to you in the Amplified. I think we read it out of e, probably the New King James last week. But in the Amplified, I want to read it to you, verse 13. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, In him you also, when you heard the word of, what does it say? Truth. You heard the word of truth. The good news of your salvation. And as a result, believed in him. So you couldn't believe until you heard the word of truth. I couldn't believe in the word until I heard the word, until it was presented to me, until it was laid bare in front of me, and then I had to make a decision. I'm either going to believe that and walk in that, or I'm going to abandon that, neglect that. I don't want any part of it. But you had to make a decision to believe in him as a result of the word of truth that you heard. It says this, you were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. So now that Holy Spirit that confirms you're a child of God. You've been given entrance into the kingdom. I'll tell you one mistake that the church made uh, is we presented discipleship as a way to save salvation, not as a not as a discipleship a way because of salvation. I'll say that again. We made the mistake of presenting discipleship as a way to salvation rather than discipleship a way because of salvation. What I mean by that is we, we have broken down and, and, and resorted to believing that following Jesus literally means this, praying a prayer and believing that when I die, I will go somewhere. I would say it this way, salvation is the smallest form of discipleship. Salvation is discipleship in its lowest state that we've just gotten in, but there's so much more to discover, so much more to walk in, so much more to be realized, and that's where this ignorance, uh, confusion, and lack of awareness comes in because, again, who's he speaking to? Believers, brethren, you and I, that you've come in, but there's ignorance as well. See, the Bible says truth. You will know the truth, and the truth will what? Make you free, not salvation. I could be saved and still lost. So we talked about the lost, we talk about the lost world a lot. We don't talk about the lost church very much. But there's a lost church that's ignorant, confused, and unaware. And to put this squarely back on our shoulders, part of it is what we birthed. We gave birth to this. No, discipleship is not a way to salvation. Discipleship is a way because of salvation. Because I've entered into the kingdom, now I can walk in and discover all the realities that this kingdom has now presented to me. 
That entrance into the kingdom is just getting started. Not this question of what will happen when I die. What would happen if you lived? Now, that's a different challenge. That's one I want to sign up for. Not what will happen when my breath leaves my lungs and my, my, my spirit leaves this body and I'm put six feet under. No, no, no. We, we've got a greater gospel than that. What happens when you come alive in the spirit of God? What's possible for that individual? So verse 14, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the, <clears throat> is the guarantee the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste. Who is the Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the guarantee. The first installment, the pledge, and a foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchase possession. What's that mean? That means the time that I come into the kingdom until the time that I expire from this earth. He's saying in that length of time, there's some discovery that ought to be taking place. There's an inheritance to come to realize. There's a power to come to know. There's a whole nother reality to this thing. That up until salvation, I live with a limited capacity and a limited awareness of one reality. Brokenness, sinfulness, devastation, destruction. And the kingdom literally comes to reverse all of that. Now the thing is, is when I come into the kingdom, I don't lose my capacity to recognize brokenness. I just gain the capacity to transform it. You with me? I come into the kingdom, and it's not like all my sinfulness and all those thoughts and, and all that uh, ability and capacity to live outside of the will of God just goes away. We're not robots. We still have the capacity to live as broken people even though we've been made whole. So now I have to intentionally step in the wholeness that the kingdom offers me. I have to intentionally step out of just succumbing to every sickness and disease and start walking in my authority according, but according to the word of God that I've been seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father with everything that is named under my feet and learning to take things and put things under subjection. And not this, I, 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 if it's the Lord's will or find out why this happened to me. No, there is now an intentionality that needs to come to the church and come to the believer to start enacting the, the transaction from heaven to this realm. We're moving things, we're shifting things, we're, we're acquiring, we're accessing a new realm that can completely alter, transform, and change the current reality that we're in. But we've got to access that and bring that here. And I can't access what I don't know. So he says the spirit is the guarantee. You know what that tells me? I'm not going to discover my inheritance, the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste, I'm not going to discover that on my own ability. I mean, a Christian that walks around trying to do the best they can on their own is, is, hasn't even begun to live the life that God called them to live. 
And I'm not trying to create cynicism with this. I'm not trying to create a disdain for those that, look, at the end of the day, does God love them? Sure. Does God have a plan for them? Absolutely. Are they going to die and go to heaven? You know, it might be debatable, might be questionable, but I can tell you this, you ain't bringing heaven. I said it last week that, that it, it's, it's, it's even questionable what, what element of productivity you bring to this earth as a believer without the baptism of the Holy Spirit, other than just telling people about Jesus. Besides that, because one of, the, one of the most powerful and most interesting prerequisites for anyone that did anything dynamic for the kingdom of God was the Holy Spirit came upon them. Because the very essence of accessing that realm is I can't do it in my ability. There was a command, not a suggestion, to go and tarry and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, to come upon them. If you feel like it, if you want a little added bonus, if you want extra uh, 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 bonus points on your test. No, this was a demand. This was a command. This was don't do anything until you have received the promise of the Father. And those guys, 120 in that upper room, didn't even know what they were waiting for. They didn't know what that looked like. They just knew when we see it, we will know it. And it showed up and they knew it. It showed up, and it made itself so dynamic. It made itself so real that there was a mighty rushing wind. There were tongues as of fire. They began to speak with another language, and they knew that promise, that access, that ability, that power to get that here has now come upon us. And then from that moment, they began doing almost mirror images of what Jesus did in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now we have a book of Acts that didn't stop. It's still happening today. Still happening today. Because the Spirit is the guarantee. Not my knowledge. Not my ability to understand why he heals some and why he doesn't heal others. Not my ability to wrap it around, wrap my brain around it, wrap my mind around it not my ability to get it all together and get it all right. No, it's my full reliance and dependence upon the Spirit of God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. God is not looking for a church in these last days that can explain it all and that can, that can outline it all and, and that can write uh, uh, theological uh, uh, testaments upon testaments about it all. He's looking for a church that will experience it and do it and bring a supply of heaven to earth that will walk in it in a daily basis with a greater awareness of the supernatural than the natural. What if we walked around with a greater awareness of the healing power of God than the awareness of COVID and whatever other name you want to get to it? I'm serious. Because I tell you right now, the, the enemy knows that this knowledge is important, and that's why he is... It has, has taken over the airwaves with consuming our minds with this thing. Naming every little thing that shows up. And weird names that don't even make sense. Just to confuse you even more. Right? Because we fear the things we don't know. 
recognized the word flu, F-L-U, doesn't scare anybody anymore. And so we had to change the name and make it sound weird and make it sound like a robot or make it sound like some crazy monster that's coming to get you. Omicron, that sounds like something out of a Marvel movie. You're, you're laughing, but I'm telling you, they, these are tactics that not just people, but the enemy uses to bring fear and to engage us and motivate us toward wonder. What if we live with such an awareness of the healing power of God that it wasn't even questionable? It wasn't up for debate. It wasn't, well, I'll pray and see if it works. It was a full trust and dependence. I know how to get this thing out of my body. I know how to overcome this thing. I know how to speak and declare the word of God over this thing, and it will go. It has to go. These symptoms have to subside. And I'm not going to sit here, well, it, it, it's been two hours. What happened? It's been three days. I don't know what's going on. Grandma died. I don't know why I did. But we continue to stand convinced of the power and miracle working power of God until we see it working in our lives and in the earth. That's one up here, one thing to get up here and, and, and spit and scream and, 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 you know, do all that. It's another to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I know that it might sound hard, but it's what he said. It's what he said. You will lay hands on the sick and you will see them recover. That's what he said. Either he's a liar or either that's an absolute truth. Now, are there things we need to learn and discover? Absolutely. Are there things that we need to understand how to, how to get this faith to work and how to get this faith to rise? I mean, even Jesus, when he entered a town and wasn't able to heal because there was unbelief, because they saw him as a familiar uh, uh, friend rather than the, the Messiah, the living son of God in the earth. It said that he went about all the villages teaching and preaching. He recognized, okay, their faith's not there. I'm going to have to gird that up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm going to have to teach some faith so we can build some faith so that faith can draw and make the transaction from heaven to earth. But the woman with the issue of blood made the transaction from heaven to earth. The Roman centurion that said only speak a word made the transaction from heaven to earth. I want to see more of these transactions take place. I want to see heaven on earth. And I'll die trying. It's not going to come by going back to the, to the book every time something doesn't happen the way we think it should happen. I'm going to keep raising my awareness. Because the spirit is the guarantee until the redemption of God's own purchase, possession, his believers to the praise of his glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant to you a spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. We're not just talking about hours and hours of study and study. We're talking about a spirit of wisdom and revelation. And let me tell you something. When you get a spirit of wisdom and revelation, you'll learn in a second what others are still trying to learn after hundreds of years, thousands of years. Because the spirit of wisdom and revelation does not come to give you information. It comes to give you revelation. 
And revelation will always outdo any amount of information we can gain. This is what he's praying. He's praying these deliberate, intentional prayers for this church at Ephesus. That I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight. That's what we're trying to get. You know there's been times in your life where it was only spiritual insight that was going to get you through. It wasn't going to be another explanation. It wasn't going to be another well-written blog. It wasn't going to be another uh, 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 teacher or preacher that can expound on something. You needed spiritual insight from heaven, from another realm, not from our natural capacity. You needed spiritual insight to gain an understanding and to receive revelation and wisdom of what really is going on in this situation. Into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart. So now, first he prays that God would grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, once that spirit of wisdom and revelation starts opening up in my life, now I need eyes to receive it and understand it. Not natural eyes. Not a natural capacity to receive it and understand it. No. In verse 18, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart, watch this, the very center and core of your being. We talked on Sunday, sow it, store it, say it, see it. I can't say what hasn't been sown, but after it's been sown by the Spirit, it has to be stored by my Spirit. It's His Spirit speaking to my Spirit. So we've got both sides that are necessary. When the Holy Spirit's revealing, when the Holy Spirit is opening up our eyes, when the Holy Spirit is bringing something, we have to make sure I'm not connecting with that on a natural level. I'm not just receiving that uh, and in, in my natural capacity, I've got to receive that in my spirit. I've got to receive that at the very core of my being. I've got to connect spiritual with spiritual. The very center and core of your being may be enlightened. That means to be flooded with light by who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. So that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Look at all the stuff that will open up if we connect our spirit with his spirit. The hope and divine guarantee of our calling. The riches of his inglorious of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You will begin to know the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power that is in us 
who believe. This is what our eyes will be opened up to if we can receive in our spirit what the Holy Spirit is bringing. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand. I want to back this up to verse 13 in the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation reads this way, and because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believed in the wonderful news of salvation. Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring. It's the first installment of what's coming. He is our hope, promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises. So again, this is on the earth. This is not waiting until I die and go to heaven to understand spiritual matters. There's a lot of things that you won't, that we won't know and won't fully understand until we get there. The Bible tells us that here on this earth, we see dimly, but when we get there connected with him, it'll be fully opened up. But that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't trying to make entrance into our life and trying to reveal things and open up our minds and open up our hearts to things here and now until we receive all of redemption's blessing promises and experience complete freedom all for the supreme glory and honor of God because of this since I first heard about your strength your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love toward all his devoted ones my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers and I'm praying that the father of glory the God of our Lord Jesus Christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. And that verse right there, I got to read that again. Verse 19, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable, notice the word experience. Not the explanation of something, but the experience of something. The actual walking in, the actual seeing it operate in your life. Come on, the Holy Spirit is not just given to you to confirm that you're a child of God, you're a son and daughter of God, and man, one day when you leave this earth, you're going to die and you're going to go and be with him in glory. No, he's wanting to show you what you have access to and what is available to you right now. And not only that, he says, uh, made available to you through faith, then your lives will be an advertisement of what? This immense power. I mean, what does that really mean to be a witness for Christ? You know, when we, 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 we again, uh, just another one of those terms, I'm going to be a witness. I'm going to go out witnessing. Typically, that means what? Sharing your faith. Telling people about Jesus. 
a witness, according to this verse, is one that actually demonstrates heaven on earth. Is one that is actual full advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. So this isn't just, do you know who Jesus is? If you died today, do you know where you would be? No, this witnessing is far more than that. Witnessing to these disciples, witnessing to the Apostle Paul, witnessing to the early church meant actually putting on full demonstration the power of God as it's recorded in his word. These disciples had, had a full understanding after they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, had a full comprehension that what Jesus went to the cross and died for is that you and I can be doing the same thing. Man, I, I know that this is, golly, that your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Can I just help you understand something right here in verse 20? Paul is making a, a, a high priority and placing a high value on Jesus being raised up from the dead, not going to the cross. You say, well, what's the difference, Pastor Mark? We make a big deal of the death of Jesus, which is a big deal. But we talk very little of what happens because Jesus came up out of that grave. Because he's seated at the right hand of the Father as he goes into. And that you and I are seated with him in heavenly places. And I haven't even got to that. We're, we're just, and he says that this power is made available to you not because he died, but because he came back to life. We need to start talking about the what is available to the church because he came back up out of that grave. Because that tomb was rolled away. Because he came out in all of his glory. That those angels came and got him. That he went to hell and conquered death, hell, and the grave. And then came back and reigned as a king at, and seated at the right hand. We need to talk more about that. I thank God for the blood. Thank God for the nails. Thank God for the crown of thorns and the slashings on his back. And thank God for what he endured. But he is alive. He is seated on a throne. He's not hung on a cross anymore. It makes great jewelry, but it doesn't allow us to fully walk in all that God has called us to do and be. You get a necklace that has a tomb on it that's opened up, or I don't even know what that looks like. He's letting them know, look, he's not on that cross anymore. He's been raised up, and because he's raised up, now he's released this power to you and I. He's confirmed it by the Holy Spirit. But you have to recognize by the supernatural what God is really up to. Otherwise, we will always resort to dumbing down the work of God to the mind of man. We do it. We do it when we say, if you died today, do you know where you would be? Man, there's so much more to that. It's not wrong, it's just inferior. If you receive Jesus today, do you know the life of God you could be producing? 
real quick. Go to Ephesians chapter 3. I think we went here last week, but I'll just close it out again. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation for the sake of time. We can't miss our moment. I, I, I believe more than anything that, that, that stewardship is such a high principle. And we have to steward this moment. The church has to steward this moment we're living in. We held accountable for how we handled what we have. We're held accountable. Verse 5, there has never been a generation that has been given the detailed understanding of this glorious and divine mystery until now. He kept it a secret, a secret until this generation. And God is revealing it only now to his sacred apostles and prophets by who? Look at that. There he is again. The Holy Spirit. We just don't have much hope of being the church that God has called us to be and God is looking for in these last days without the Holy Spirit. There's no hope. We're left to our own devices. Here's the secret. The gospel of grace has made you, non-Jewish believers, into co-heirs of his promise through your union with him. And you have now become members of his body, one with the anointed one. And I have been made a messenger of this wonderful news by the gift of grace that works through me. Now, if it was just wonderful news, if it was just what we talk about, then why would he use the word works through me? Paul's saying, this isn't just a story that I'm telling. This is a power that I'm demonstrating. Even though I am the least significant of all his holy believers, this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Come on, if, if, if you want to continue to resort that, that our capacity in this earth as the church is just to merely talk about Jesus and get as many people as we can on this ride to heaven with us as, as much as we can, then, 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 then go for it. Knock yourself out. But for those that are willing to rise to the next level and rise to who they are and rise to the true capacity of the church and the earth, we'll recognize there's been power that's been made manifest to me. It's now working through me and now to be demonstrated in the earth and to be breaking and to be binding and to be loosing and to be healing and to be restoring and to be casting off and to be rebuking. That there is a supernatural work that the church ought to be doing in this earth. I believe a lot of the frustration, anxiety, Stress, worry, concern, uh, backbreakingness that we see in our lives and the circles that we go through, uh, you know, waking up, going to the nine to five, hating what we do, but doing it anyways, going to bed at night, waking up the next day, doing it all over again is because we're living in a natural realm that we weren't designed to live according to. Because the supernatural is not boring. The supernatural is not routine. You don't get tired of doing the supernatural. 
I'll go this far. You don't even get wore out. Burnout. Oh, man, if I hear that word in the church again, I'm just feeling burnout. Burnout. You need to connect with the Holy Spirit because you'll get burned up. The fire of the Holy Spirit will come and burn some stuff up. Burn some stuff away. Burn some stuff off. And then purify and refine that which remains. No, it's not a burned out church that's just barely crossing the line with, with two teeth missing in front, all knocked around by the devil. Jesus, I made it. Oh, I'm making it with all my pain. and I endured. I per-. No, it's going to be a victorious church crossing that line with their arms in the air saying, I'll do it all over again. I'll bring the kingdom. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Not a beat up church, but a church that's doing the beating up. Doing the casting out, doing the casting down, doing the healing and restoring, being a part of the plan of God and the move of God in these last days. Golly. I tell you what, it's not it's hard not to get on this and not get a backbone and get a spine about what's happening in the earth today. And I don't mean to just be over dramatic and masculine about it all, but it's time to just get our chest out a little bit. We're the church of the living God. Man, I'm sorry, but the, the, the sissy church is just not for me anymore. The, the sissiness and the, oh, Lord, oh, get me through another day. And he's doing, but, but oh, I know he'll do it. I know he'll come through. He's done, man, get that stuff out of here. We are victorious. We are reigning and ruling. We're seated in heavenly places. But you got to get awareness of the supernatural because the the trials and things of life, they will wear you down. The marital struggles we have, they will wear us down. The the sickness and disease, it will wear you down. The confusion of what is even happening in the world today, it will wear you down. Until you get a recognition or awareness of what God is doing in the supernatural. He said, I've been made a messenger of this wonderful news. Even though I am the least significant, this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach this wonderful message to non-Jewish people, sharing with them the unfading, inexhaustible riches which are beyond comprehension. Not within comprehension, beyond comprehension. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.